A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Dope Like That podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. And happy new year. For those people who um, this is the first time seeing, speaking, hearing, sharing space with, uh, you can still formally say happy new year for the first 30 days, I believe, in my my view, um, until you've seen everybody or it's just now February and it's really annoying. But happy new year to all of those people. Um, today's um, really exciting. We're back when, and I want, you know, a bit of a new energy because last year, I don't know if anybody noticed, but we were absolutely shattered and I spent most of the time <laughs> barely, barely pulling enough energy together to record. Uh, and, and, and for us, like this podcast is like therapy. So when me, Marvin, Marlon uh, and Umar get together, it's a great way just to have a conversation and catch up with my friends, talk about whatever's going on in the world, add whatever's happening for us and share it with the world. But then you know, sometimes we just get really tired. The year and last two years has been incredibly draining. And what I want, don't want to do is harbour into the past too much <laughs> about what has happened because it's so underwhelming. And I think now uh, we're trying to look forward and hoping that this year has a much more balance uh, for all of us, really. Um, but as it's the new year, I think it's, you know, completely important and vital that we discuss men's wellness or wellness in general um, and for myself I, I developed a self-care regime about four years ago and it started off with just baths because I didn't know baths were a thing and I didn't know people took baths or men took baths I thought it was a particular thing for women then I realized why they never convinced us to take it because they'd have to fight for the bath because it is that incredible um, and so uh, today I have Adam Hutchinson with me uh, who uh, is the founder of the brand Temple He's also a really good guy. We've crossed paths before, so we're having a little mini reunion at the same time. Adam, how are you? Happy New Year. How are you doing? Happy New Year, Marvin. I'm good, man. I'm so good. Um, yeah, so it's, it's so good to, to finally have this, this opportunity on your platform. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of the pod. Um, I've been following you guys for, for a few years, um, ever since I became a dad. So I feel like a lot of things are kind of coming full circle and just work, what we're doing right now with Temple. Um, yeah, it's just such a, such a great um, and exciting time uh, ahead. So talk to me about fatherhood. How, how old is your child or children? Just the one for now. <laughs> one is plenty for now. One that you can trace. Course, I understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got a four-year-old boy. And well, he's not four yet, but he's four in in February, which is just in literally a month's time. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's just like he's just the the, the love of my life, man. He's <laughs> honestly, it's fatherhood is just like such a crazy thing that no one really prepared me for. I don't know what it was like for you, but um, you know, for other re- for, for for other reasons that you know we can touch on a little bit later in the, in the call. It definitely felt like um, a voyage into the unknown, 
And um, yeah, so for me, like finding uh, dope black dads at that time in my life was it was pivotal. It was so important because you know at the same time I didn't really have friends in my peer group that were that were fathers at that time. Um, so it was really refreshing to hear conversations and experiences um, of other black men um, in their journey of fatherhood. One of the things that I'm always like curious about is um, how we become fathers always matters in terms of like what our approach to it is, how we are able to process it, mm. how we're able to contribute healthily. I'm always an advocate of a two parent stable, doesn't matter what the, the gender of the parents are, but just a double presence in children's life is very, very helpful. And if it can't be coexisting in this sort of white picket fence approach, then at least be having a great relationship. How, how was your mm. approach into, how did it happen for you? What was the relationship like? So with, with my partner, you yeah. mean? Yeah. So, uh, so me and my partner have been, well, together from about 10, 11 years ago. So, you know, we go pretty deep. Um, I'm not trying to say that it's always been smooth. We did have a, a period of separation for, for a bit. And I think during that period of separation, that's when I was traveling. So I was living in Dubai for a little while, for about um, two years. And when we decided to finally, like, you know, give it a proper go um, again, um, actually moved to Korea. So because my wife is my wife is South Korean. Mm. And um, and so, yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, there came a certain point where it's like, OK, I know we know that, you know, we want this. We want this to be our like future or we can see how we're going to build our future together. And that was super, super important because I think. Even with with all of that being said, like being um, parents is not easy. Like I think we we do a pretty good job. Mm. I think we do a great job actually, but it's not. It's really not easy. I, it's it's so difficult to imagine doing that by yourself as a mother or a father. So you know, big shout out to um, you know just all the parents out there who are just like carrying that torch and making that sacrifice because ultimately it's a sacrifice. You do have to put other things ahead of yourself sometimes. Mm. Um, and that's that's a that's a sign of uh, hope hopefully maturity um because yeah and, you're, and when you're single you don't have to worry about the same things it's, it's just a fact you just don't have to worry about the same things and how your actions impact others um who are very you know near and dear to you so um yeah our, our relationship has been you know pit like so important um and at the center of that is our faith as well which you know for us is is really the anchor that um you know whenever we go through uh, trials and tribulations like that's our anchor that we can both point point to so yeah that's dope and i think the reason why that that's always so important because i think sometimes when or historically when men have been challenged about how they go about parenting we kind of ignore the dynamics that was in place or even like what was going on in the world at the time like you know if you became a father yeah. in a pandemic where job loss and death is at all-time high there could be a really good environment for you to not be the best father possible or if it happens at a point where this isn't necessarily planned and you haven't really known each other very well there's no ingredients for why mm. it may not go very well and i think um that there isn't i don't want to say empathy because it makes it sound like you know uh, being a man that's not present needs requires significant amount of empathy but just nuance about what's happening but i also just think like for us as as fathers like it's and you say that that, that you know that's your your love of your life same my my daughter's probably the same age uh, as yours and and i i rave about her 
chronic, like just so much because I look at her as a person and she's managed to like authentically create this being with like, I feel like she was this person anyway. You know, so like I, 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 I always question how much influence parents actually have. And I, I, do, I don't think they have as much influence in creating. I do think they have a lot of influence in destroying. Like I think your child is here already and they come as a person. They mm -hmm. spot things and they already are going to be this person. Like Ocean and Blake are so different. I think Blake is a lot, mm -hmm. he's a lot more to the line. Like if I say to him, I'm going to be there at seven and I'm four minutes past seven, he, he, has, he has eyes for me. He's like, yo. And then whereas Ocean's just like happy to see her daddy. But then if I try to push her into a line of behavior and she doesn't want to do it, she'll just say no. Or she'll just collapse and be like, you're pushing me and I don't like it. One time I said to her, like, um, oh, we got we got five minutes. Can you hurry up and put your shoes on? Yeah. And she just she ran off and she came back and goes, I can't rush. I can't hurry. And just started crying. And I was like, yo, I can't even. I was like that. But that's so genius, though, just to stop. Like, don't don't like try to mm. rush yourself and give yourself anxiety. She just stopped. And I was mm. like, you're different. You're you're a, a force in a different way. Like you're unmovable. You'll mm. just be like, no. And emotion leads mm. how she goes about things rather than like instruction and achievement. And it's just interesting to watch because mm. we never raised them specifically in any particular way. How, what, what's been your experience of raising a, a, a four year old? So I just, I think what you just said is so interesting. And like, I guess it's, 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 a, it's a question of like nature and nurture, right? Yeah. Like how much influence do you have as a parent? I would say you a hundred percent are shaping your child. Mm. Um, you know, I can, uh, for me, the, uh, the metaphor um, that I would, that I would sort of like use is like a child is almost like a, like a, a block of clay in a way, right? like the raw material is there, right? So a sculptor is like taking away all the bits that aren't beautiful or, or that don't represent whatever it is that you're trying to cre like create, if that's like an elephant or, you know, whatever. And I feel this in the same way, like when you're raising a child, there's certain things, there's certain impulses that you have to sometimes just draw the line and be like, no, we don't do this. Because it's not clear as a child all the time why certain things you mustn't do right um so i think yeah in terms of parent and parenting and and, and being uh, and in another way like we all have our own like hang-ups and our own traumas as well everyone has their own trauma and sometimes that can you know be passed on generationally and i think what's really really refreshing is that in these days and times that we me and you can even have this conversation now it shows there's a different level of self-awareness mm from like just on an individual level um on a relationship level um and there's just so much more information like to hand that we can use and we can share with each other and i don't think that's really been the case like ever you know so i think you know we have a, a, a totally different opportunity to parent differently now mm. um and kids have like way more resources to hand mm. like I don't know about you, but when I see the things that Tay, my son, does, <laughs> what he's doing, I'm like, bro, like, how did you, like, how did you figure out how to do that, mm. or, or how did you learn, you know, to write? How did you learn to write like these words? Or do you get what I'm saying? It's like they have so much more tools to to, to hand um, than we ever did, and um, for I think our roles as parents isn't a thing. It's not a case of like 
you know, just like pigeonholing them into fitting into our mold. It's like providing enough, let's say, um, exposure to different experiences and different ways of thinking and um, just allowing them to really express like your daughter did mm. what it is that they're feeling or what it is that they're experiencing um, and I think it's I think it's um, a hugely important role as a parent to recognize you know that you're not always there to just kind of like put them in a box and say like this is bad this is good um, sometimes you have to take that extra step and really try to explain okay why can't you you know put your hand in the fire mm. right why can't you do certain <laughs> things and the more you speak to your children as a as a real person and not just like some like you know a, a burden um like treat them with respect because they have they have intelligence that's you know far more let's say intuitive um than than we do and um yeah hopefully obviously we have to civilize them and and make them, you know, able to civilize with um, uh, their peers and um, and authority, but that at no at no cost to their individuality. What 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 is your spiritual understanding? Would you say that you choose your children? Would you say your children choose you? Like, are you their guardian? Are you their parent? Are you their owner? Are you their what? How do you? What's your outlook on it? owners like yeah definitely not that <laughs> definitely definitely not that and i think I, I can't stress enough how how much i feel that some of the i think at least my experience growing up in a jamaican household yeah was almost like as a child you're treated as property not all the time but certain times it, it does feel that way or it did feel that way and you know, I, I feel that now, um, the way that I want to raise my, my children or, you know, um, child is, yeah, I want to be a lot more on this, be able to be on the same level. So guardian, I think is like maybe a better word. And I think we're really just here to guide our children. Um, they don't belong to us. Um, yes, we, we have birthed them and we've given them life, but that life is now theirs. And, um, yeah, the, in, in terms of spiritually, what that, what that sort of means to me is like any, anything within me that I feel, okay, is of value to be passed on. It's like, I want to pass that on to him. Um, things that I feel like I probably could have used in terms of, you know, advice and direction, um, when I was growing up because my relationship with my dad is completely different to, you know, the relationship that I have now with my son and hopefully will have with my son. And I think it's, again, it's just coming back to intent in being intentional um, and holding yourself accountable because you don't always get it right. Nobody does because you're, you're just always figuring, figuring things out day by day. I've never raised a child before. I've never been married before. So, you know, we each come with our own sometimes, you know, like biases and expectations and but hopefully just like being able to develop our emotional intelligence um emotional iq rather um you know we get better at sort of like communicating our needs and and um meeting the needs of those around us as well that's incredible i, I think what's really interesting may i ask just how old you are for the room 
You don't have to answer. You can tell me to go f myself if it if it. So, so. <laughs> I'm. I actually. I just turned thirty one. Incredible. Um. Just at, at the end of the year, late last year, I just turned thirty one. But one of the um, one of the most beautiful things is that as, as a thirty year old man, black man, you know, based in the UK, um, your experience or probably what your exposure was to black masculinity is probably way more evolved than what mine was at that time. Um. And I think just because every four or five years, a group of men are in the world doing amazing things showing what the full complexity of mass black masculinity could be what's possible for black men who who were the people that you looked to when you were sort of 19 who were the people whether they're uk internationally to like what are they doing as men okay cool that's something that i think is and wh where were you pulling that information from good question when i was like 19 mm. i'm not i don't think i was even thinking in that way mm. um who were the, who so were the prominent black men that were, were, you know, that you were either consuming, listening to, um, reading about, reading? Um, were there anyone, was there anyone around those, those particular things? I would say around 19, I, it, was, it was all coming from music at that point, I would say. Mm. Um, so around that time, you know, I, I think, yeah, around that time, was that 2010, mm. like just, just before then? Um, I think for me, like obviously, hip hop is a huge influence. Um, also, like grime was a huge influence as well. Grime wasn't what it is now; like it hadn't blown up to the level that it's blown up to now, which is just incredible to see, and a, a sort of si sign of the times as well. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think the the blueprint, uh, if you want to call it that, of what it means to be um, a man or what, what does masculinity mean was coming from, yeah, just cues from the culture. Um, that also comes from like movies, uh, shows that we watched, like, you know, shout out The Fresh Prince. <laughs> I, think everyone, ev I think everyone wanted like an Uncle Phil yep. in their life. Um, you know, whether or not you had, you had a dad around, it always felt like, you know, that, that guy right there, <laughs> the relationship that they have is like so powerful. Um, so yeah, I think it really just came from popular culture ultimately, mm. and um, without getting too too into it, you know that comes I think from a lack of connection with your own father, whether your father's present or not. Because I have friends who grew up with their fathers, but they're just not necessarily in like emotionally available. Yeah. Um. So you can be physically present, but you know, if, at the same time, like completely distant and um yeah so i think at that time it's really easy to just lean into your peers and there's this kind of echo chamber of you know what what manhood looks like and what masculinity looks like and i think that sh that for me was uh somewhat felt like a disconnect a lot of the time mm. and if i'm really honest i don't know if you i don't know what your experience was like um but for me I always felt like there were conversations that I wanted to have, like with my friends at that point, but I don't. I don't think even I had the language to the the, the vocabulary to have those conversations. Um, and what I mean by that is like expressing certain points of vulnerability. Because what what's happening at that time? You're sort of a lot of people are kind of leaving home, potentially going to university or getting ready to go to university, and. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that you're trying to process and 
um, I guess trying to re- refine and as as you shape your identity, right? Mm. And a lot of your identity at that time was coming from how your peers received you. So I think I, I, I wish we could, could have been as vulnerable as we are now. I think it's different to be 19 years old now. Um, I think they're a lot more switched on and a lot more aware about you know topics, um, topics like mental health. Um, and they're much more, let's say, equipped to you know, identify when someone needs help or when they need help. Mm. Um, and they're just a totally different bag of resources available to them. So, so I think the way that the college is moving is it's moving so, so rapidly. Like you said, every five years, like every five years now, it's a, you, you can call that a generation or an era. Mm. Um, and yeah, t- like God only knows where we'll be in another 10 years. Yeah. Well, and, and I just think for yourself in terms of... Um, your children, do you, do you have a vision of what it is that you want for them? Or what do you want them to experience? How would you articulate that? <clears throat> Such an interesting question. Um, I don't know about you. Um, but a lot of, I guess a lot of people would say they want their kids to be happy and a hundred percent, like who doesn't want their kids to be happy? I think, you know, for me, happiness is such a fleeting thing it's it's not a destination um and there's as you can learn as much about sort of like the down periods like those 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 periods of you know like the peaks and and the valleys they're equally teachable moments so i would say i want my children my son to really just live life with purpose and I feel that you, at least in my experience, you, 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 you can, um, even if you can't necessarily like specifically say like at 19 years old, this is my purpose. I know exactly what, what I'm going to do. I think it's about really being open to that journey and really, you know, just going on that, let's say path of like really trying to figure out like who you are and what your unique contribution to, um, you know, life and um, society and like your community and your family. Like, what's that? What does that look like? What does it sound like? You know, I really want more than anything for for him. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Or for them to, to find their voice in the world more than anything else. Mm. I love that. And then just and then just for like yourself, obviously you're somebody who are you are you still working full time and you have this brand and you're fathering? Is that is that the a, a correct way to to view it? Or are you fully? That into- is a that's pretty that's pretty bang on, yeah. So I'm I'm so like you mentioned about the pandemic, you know, and I want to I want to touch on this because you we can't have this conversation in this time and not just lightly touch on it. Um, and what I would say is that for me, what the pandemic has sort of catalyzed, and I've, 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 I don't know about you, but I've, I've kind of recognized that there's a growing trend happening mm. um, amongst black professionals, um, at least in sort of my, uh, let's say, level of um, experience or, or um, you know, in terms of just seniority. Um, those who have been kind of working corporate for like, you know, 10 years and in whatever their respective profession is, you know, going through that experience of not really seeing other black professionals um, or not many in their workplace um, and always feeling to some degree like not being able to fully be your authentic self in those spaces. And now just, you know, kind of deciding, okay, like actually I'm going to build the, 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 those environments. I'm going to build those, those spaces or create those spaces. And I feel like that's opening up such a huge, huge, huge um, undercurrent of activity. And it's, it's such an exciting time to have launched Temple. So we literally launched Temple in 2020, um, even though it's an idea that's kind of been bubbling under the surface for, you know, however many years yeah it, it it just allowed us that little like kind of break in or or kind of um like space to kind of distance ourselves from everything that's kind of going on just be like okay if there's ever a time to to start this this brand um like it's now or never and a lot of that was kind of happening around the, um obviously the whole George Floyd um uh you know it, incident in, 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 the, in America and how that just came to global attention just just really kind of like put sort of you know guess um, behind what we were doing because it just felt like so so needed so important that we need to start having these conversations and bringing awareness to um, those those um, differences that even though we recognize um, we sometimes even take for granted just because we're not used, we're, it's, it's what we're used to, and we we don't know anything different. So um, yeah, I think in terms of just like how I'm kind of set up right now, um, you know, my focus is very much like on you know, first of all, just taking care of home. So that that also means making sure you know we we have everything set up the way we need it to be. Um, I'm able to spend a lot more time with my family now, as a result of the the pandemic and being able to work remotely which is a huge blessing. Uh, for, I've never had this much time available to spend with my family and my, and my kid. So, you know, there's there's that side of things. And then, um, yeah, like now being able to bring Temple to an audience who 
quite frankly, has just been underserved for so long. Mm. Um, and just the reception that we've had since launching the brand has just been like, we couldn't have, we couldn't have like hoped for, for a better reception. Um, and yeah, we're just super excited to, you know, continue the conversation around why is it important um, to even, you know, identify that men, um, black men, you know, men of color, you know, need to be spoken to like, like directly about self-care and, and mental health. And these conversations are, you know, they're happening and uh, any, any, any brands out there who are having this conversation as well, we're just like, we're just here for it. We're just, we're just happy to be part of that, um, you know, that shift in the culture. And what, in, in, in your view, I think it's really worth actually just fully explaining what Temple is um, for the mm -hmm. audience. Can you tell us more exactly what it is and what the, the thinking about it? Because it's, it's more than just about um, a group of products. There's a thinking behind it, a philosophy behind it. Absolutely. So Temple is a, uh, we call it, it's a personal care brand. And um, it's really coming from the approach of, you know, we design our products, we research our ingredients, really thinking first and foremost about how this is going to solve problems and meet like meet the needs of, uh, of black men um, and just men of color in general. So, you know, there's obviously like the brand side of that for me, which is why is it even important for us to be creating, you know, um, our own line of products, right? It's and a huge a huge part of that is like just again information education so personally speaking and i, I think i speak for my co-founder raf as well it's not just me by the way my co-founder um rafael who couldn't join today but you know I, I think we speak with the same voice on this we each went through a kind of journey of you know as we were kind of becoming men like starting to be a lot more like aware of, okay, actually, you know, besides just getting my, my going to the barbers and getting a haircut, there's other things I need to be doing to be taking care of myself. Mm. And <clears throat> a lot of this was, was really this, a lot of this information comes from like your partners, like your, the woman in your life. Mm. Right. <laughs> and, and not everyone is even comfortable always going to someone to ask for that advice. So if you're out, if you're out there trying to like find out, okay, I need a skincare routine. Like, what what products should I actually be using? What ingredients should should I be looking for? Um, it could be really hard because there isn't there isn't somewhere that or there hasn't been somewhere that you know people could point to and be like, go to this website. It's like you just you're just searching on YouTube, you're searching on Google, um, and a lot of advice out there is like it's not checked. Like. It's just based off somebody's experience, um, somebody's individual experience. So what we are really hoping to do is like to make that experience, you know, a lot more, let's say, um, easier for men who are ready to, to you know, um, take their self-care seriously, um, but also just have fun with it. Like, you know, we, we really try to inject, you know, the, you know, the, the voice that we just speak with um, we don't try and make it too overly like scientific, even though like the science is there. It's like really making it uh, accessible in a way that if you were to go on like some of these female brand sites, 
um, female like um, beauty product, uh, beauty brands, websites or, or shops, it can be really, um, what's the word I'm looking for, intimidating. Because it's, there's just so much to choose from. There's just, you don't know where to start. And so you just end up like, or going on this whole thing of like trial and error for, you know, for, for, for how, forever how long. And yeah, we just really wanted to completely um, streamline and make it so that, you know, um, we created a space where men could come and get the information, ask questions, um, share information as well. That's a huge one. Um, because yeah, it's, 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 it's not something that, as far as I'm concerned, has been very visible, but the conversations that we're having with men right now about their personal care, about their mental health, and like, um, it's, it's just so enriching and, and, and again, just refreshing. So yeah, we really wanna be able to, you know, help to lead, like move that conversation forward and make it um, that bit more uh, accessible. Are you from uh, Bristol, West Country? You have an accent? Nah, not, not what's, at what's all. What's this accent from, bro? Yeah. Where, where are you from? You're not from Lambeth. So, yeah, my accent, my accent pros people. Um, I'm, I'm born and bred in Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica. What? Yeah, I, I love yeah, you even yeah, more for it, though, because that's, you know, that's family. You've got to do the cousin check after this just to make sure that we're not related. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've done the DNA the DNA. Nah, I've done thing. that too as well. Um, uh, have you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um... So yeah, born and bred in Jamaica. Um, so you know, I basically literally spent my, my childhood there, and you know, my mum is British. She's British born, so we kind of had like a reverse childhood in a way. So I moved back. I I moved to the UK when I was you know like nine years old, and you know basically then my adolescence is in the in in the UK. So my my accent is a kind of combination, I guess, of like. Jamaican, um, UK, London, British, um, and then I think also living abroad for like the last kind, I say the last for about four years, mm. probably probably like threw some 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 curveballs as well <laughs> into my accent. So. Where did you live abroad? Where, keep, where, where, keep keep people guessing. Where where did you live abroad? Uh so I lived in Dubai for for two years. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I lived in Dubai for two years, and then. Straight after that, I was in South Korea for two years in Seoul. I love South oh, Korea, by the yeah, way. I've been I've been four times. It's it's amazing. It's dope, man. It was so so cool. Um, what was it like to be there? Yeah, though I obviously visited for ten days, which is like nowhere near the same as living there. How did you find it? Like there is no black people at all. There's a there's U.S. bases. There's a a black U.S. Mm. community that are from the army. But how did you find it living abroad? I loved it. I loved it. Um, as like I guess my experience as a black man in Korea, um, there was some there was like some kind of weird moments, but honestly, did anyone blackface like, for you? So much love. Did anyone blackface for you? Nah, nothing like that. Okay, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Um, yeah, I just received with like so much love, man. Um, I I I had quite a different experience you know, to what most would have. Um, in terms of, yeah, I think like literally working in a Korean environment, that's like, that was like a totally different sort of culture working in a Korean, um, uh, you know, like office. Mm. And the way they run things is like, 
is different, bro. Mm. So there's there's a there's a there's a you know um, obviously there's a certain level of like adapt adapting that you need to do, mm. but also there's certain things where it's like yeah I don't do like that's not what I do or that's not how you know um, uh, things work uh, for me. So um, and and sometimes that's cool. It's 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 um, uh, it's like just an opportunity to I guess learn about different cultures because I think it works both ways it's almost like a cultural exchange you know unfortunately the office that I worked in was um, very international it was like a 50 almost 50-50 split between international oh. and um, South Koreans so how did you adjust to the food this kind of tension I, I always struggled with Say kimchi again, how did you start how did you cope with food i always struggled with kimchi it was like everywhere oh, I, um I and the so drinking well. culture as well as the whole thing they they do drink a lot it's a thing did you find that I, i've never i've never eaten so well like in my life honestly um because yeah it's it's so different to to working in the uk where in the uk I was so used to like going to like Tesco and grabbing a meal deal for like three pounds or whatever <laughs> and just get like a sandwich and like that just doesn't run in Korea. Like you go for a proper meal every day. Yeah. You go for a proper sit down meal and their food banks like every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um and it changes with seasons. So what you what you look forward to in the summer is gonna be different to what you look forward to in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the just diversity and range of their food is just so on point. Um, if you're vegetarian, you might have um, some 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 issues. Yeah. And if you're a meat eater, you, you just can't go wrong, man. No, they do it. They do. Obviously, they like their food spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, no, it's, it's it, it does have a Caribbean connection, and I do think East Eastern and and the Caribbean or Africa and East is is very very similar in the core of like how they eat, and and it's a lot more balanced, and you'll find more vegetables and things in there, um, and how they're done. So it's like it's not vegetarian, but kimchi pickled you know vegetables is is a, i i couldn't get into it too much but then like and because of the japanese uh influence as well there's a lot of sushi it's just a great place it, it felt like um when i arrived in seoul it's, it felt a bit like a chicago or something how i see chicago in films like high buildings mm. kind of cold uh, in the winter very cold in the winter um very developed yeah. big roads <laughs> it just it felt like a bit like america to me um but then the people mm. i've you know i've never known people to be so polite amenable supportive kind of loving in a, mm. in a country. I think South Africa is probably the only other place that I felt that scale. Um, mm. But in terms of your yourself and, and Temple, what, you know, I love business and I love people. And I think I said to you when I spoke to you last that I don't know if someone in their 40s would have tried to, at 31, 10 years ago, would have tried to make a brand like this with this level of ethos. I don't think brands mm. like this existed. And especially, and I hope you don't mind me calling you a startup, but in startup mode where you come out of the gate with a philosophy, great product, great packaging, mm great story i think that's something that is really possible more now uh, and i think a lot of people like when i was growing up i would say that when i was maybe 19 to 26 you know most men black men that i knew were promoters djs artists artist managers um you know you might have had a shop uh, of some kind doing like clothes or barbers mm. but the diversification of what's possible and what's common in blackness mm. is, is shifted quite a lot in the last seven years do, do are you present to people that are a little bit older and and how they kind of see the world in comparison to what you've you've been able to do 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if you put yourself in that in that category. How, how old are you, Marvin? I'm 37, so I'm I'm just a little bit older, like five six years, and I think that that's where okay. I am really in tune with the difference. I've seen it in black women as well, and I remember when I was maybe 19, and I think black women, obviously with living and doing whatever, but like now there's more ownership, more senior level ownership. At the time, it was kind of like. You know, all the all I, all I really saw in out out and about was just like you know who's going to be the the number one music video woman, and it was just a bit like like that wouldn't even come up now. I don't I don't even I don't even know who those mm. people are. Um, whereas I think that was more mm. prominent, and now it's like this woman runs this, owns this, and I'm just like there's been there's just been a shift. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I think 100 percent because, like I like I pointed pointed out before um, to your earlier question which was around okay who were you looking at in terms of your models at 19 years old right um looking at the you know popular culture and the messages and the stories the, the narratives that were being sort of um told there it was very much like okay like there's and and i i, I this sounds a bit lame but i would really fuck with conscious rap mm. Um, you know, if you if you, if you want to call it that, like most deaf, common, yeah. um, Talib Kweli, uh-huh. and like music was just deep for me. Like I w- I would get into like things that were just nobody's putting that on MTV. Uh-huh. Like listening to certain jazz um, musicians like BB King. I was talking to my mum about this. She's, these are things that she didn't even know. Um, and and the reason why I point these things out is like kind of tracing whatever bits of culture that interests you, if that's music, if that's, you know, fashion or art or, or whatever, if you if you really are interested in it, like try to trace kind of the history of it a little bit because what you'll see is that there's a there's a pattern that's repeating. You know, it's just been kind of packaged slightly differently. So I think the ideas that have led us to Temple, which is about, you know, why you know why is it important for for us to sh- to, to reshape our narrative as black people um, is because our image you know is so important our stories are so important and if we're not in the, those rooms that are like authentically telling those stories then you know you can only complain for so long um, before you just have to you know build it yourself so you know i feel like in 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 just different shapes and forms people have always been doing it it's just like that the the opportunities now are different you know we, you can't ignore the the you know the 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 phenom- the phenomena that the internet has has provided um technology in terms of like how quickly information is now you know shared um how much more like power we have as um let's say consumers right like think about all these riots and think about these you know um the way that you know it's so easy to kind of boycott Mm. brands and 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 politicians and you know we have we have our voice now we 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 you can't ignore us you know we're not individuals We're, we're we're you know we're part of something that's really big so you know in terms of how that shapes our philosophy as a brand it's it's why we you know really are now focusing on community because we recognize like you know the brand doesn't just exist in our head you know in in terms of myself and my co-founder 
you know, we have our own, um, let's say, a vision of what that is. And, and, you know, with this campaign that we're launching now, Self-Care for the Manu, um, it's, it's really about giving us that opportunity now to, like, shape that conversation and create space where, you know, we can really talk about mental health. You know, we can really talk about, like, um, you know, what it means to be emotionally vulnerable um and like also just have some um you know brotherhood as well so you know i was literally just last night i was watching back um our you know some of the content that we've been putting out on on um, our socials and one of the things i'm i'm super proud of was what we the 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 piece we did for for father's day last year you know we invited fathers from our community and this is very much inspired by you know, me having listened to, you know, Dope Black Dads, it was like, yeah, how can we continue to get these stories out? Um, because that visibility um, and, tra- you know, transparency of, you know, we're not all this, like, you can't all paint us with the same brush. Uh, we have, we have our, our, our you know, um, different experiences. You know, one guy's got twins. Um, he's got three kids, two of them are twins. And he's, in a way that he parents is slightly different to you know some of the other guys and i think just having that kind of um like open discourse which i think traditionally men have not been good at like you know holding that space um compared to you know women um you know i think it's really like trying to almost almost in a way i don't want to say i don't want to compare too much but it almost in a way catch up to like it like how emotionally aware like women are you know um that, that might lead us into a totally different conversation, but, you know, you even mentioned, like, you like to take baths, and I'm, I'm 100% like bath gang, like, that's my thing, mm. and, and I, I, I do feel like, you know, in terms of a brand, yes, we've launched with skincare products as our kind of anchor product, because we've, you know, that's something which is, you know, you can't, you can't get away from, like, your face is like your business card, almost, in a way now right and um so helping guys to take care of their skin is like just one uh step on that journey we also do supplements which is also about taking care of you know what's what's on the inner you know taking care of um you know dealing with like helping to deal with stress um you know your energy your libido um so in terms of like you know temple and self-care for the mandem like what does that encompass it's yeah it's it's bigger than just the the products it's 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 a lifestyle it's a philosophy um and there'll be more uh you know stuff to come in the future incredible adam thank you so much for joining me um just before uh we wrap i'd love to hear from you what's the one thing that is unwanted but persists in your life that's my question for the year what's one thing that's unwanted but persists in your life um Oh, that's a good question. Can I ask how you would ask? Uh, un- 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 I'll tell you after. Because I, I actually don't know. I'll yeah. tell you after, yeah. Um, so, something that's unwanted. Um, that persists. Um, this is something I completely have control over, by the way. <laughs> so it's unwanted. <clears throat> I think just um, getting more regular and um, like better quality sleep. Um, I think sleep is so underrated um, in 
in terms of just like how 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 much impact that has <laughs> on like on your day-to-day life um you know if you take away sleep from someone for too long like yeah you just look out for that person um so yeah i think there's that's definitely something that i can do better at and maybe there's something in there for us um in the brand that you know we need to sort of um investigate um but yeah how about yourself uh what well, mine changes all the time um and i think the most present thing that i'm aware of is like uh unfiltered joy i think i think uh i i have an incredible life i never complain about it um and i, I have everything that i ever asked for i didn't really ask for much to be fair uh my children mm. are incredible they move me in the most powerful way i get to share my life with credit people all the time but the other day i had like a three-day period of just true laughter like to the point of almost mm. like almost like throwing up and I was like do you know how foreign this feels to my body and (laughs) I immediately was just like how do I create this in pockets I don't don't, know you can do this all day every day but how do I create this and I need to be more intentional about where you know preserving those spaces where that joy is created um and I and I now have a just a, a thing of like how do I make space for that um where am I down in tools and I think it comes down to down in tools my um my work approach is so hyper-focused that it can mm. be very offensive to people. Like, it, I just, you, you can't move me from my perch until I feel like I've completed the thing I'm doing. Um, mm. But then if I don't intentionally put my, my tools down, I think I, I do go into a bit of a tunnel and then th- three months will pass. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't lived, I've just been like focusing. And um, so that's something that I want, I want that laughter and that joy in my life in a real way. 100% man 100%. powerful yeah it's needed thank you so much Adam I very much appreciate it um, make sure you go and buy a temple I bought mine I've been on my vitamins and I've been uh, creaming my face and, and washing it and if you do look at my face I look fantastic and so happy new year to me there and my go. face uh, uh, courtesy of Adam uh, I just want to let you know that I actually bought it as well and I think it's incredibly important that black people buy stuff <laughs> from other black people especially yeah. if it is that they actually want it and uh, you know you know, I I was I was close to calling my freebie influencer face out, but I was like, I I actually want it. So irrespective of whether you're going to send it to me or not, I'm going to order it. So, um, fantastic product. I love. You can the... do that at. Um, I'm just going to say you can do that at jointemple.com. Um, yeah. Oh. Also check us out on our socials. Tell the people. Man. You got to get the plug in there. I get it. Um, jointemple.com. Um, find us on Instagram, Joint Temple, um, Twitter, uh, TikTok as well. So yeah. Um, there you go. Thank you so much, Adam. Have an amazing day and uh, we'll catch you real soon as well. We're actually having a men gathering uh, at the end of January. I'm just finalizing things as we speak and that will allow us to get all together and, you know, break some bread. But I really appreciate you. Thank amazing. you so much for the great work that you do. It's been a true honor. Thank you so much, Mark. No worries, King. All right. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.